Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app. And Android listeners can follow us on the Podbean app on Google Play. The voice in your ears right now is Perfect Purvis, and I'm here with my co-host Jabari Harris. Hello, good to be back on the show this week. Today we're going to talk about last weekend's Maple League results. We'll have a quick interview with Turku Trojans quarterback Zach Bartlow, and then we'll discuss next week's Maple League games. So starting off with the Week 11 games, on Thursday night, the Helsinki Roosters beat the Porvo Butchers 35-21. So Jabari, we'll let you lead off and tell us a little bit of what you saw in the game. Well, the Butchers definitely had a chance to come out and win this game. Uh, They came out, took an early lead, and it seemed that everything was in their favor, but eventually they end up falling 35-21. to A few things that I want to note about this game is the total offense. The Roosters had a total of 473 yards of total offense against the Butchers' 341. Uh, That's probably the most offense that the Butchers' defense has given up this year. The biggest emphasis in this game... Uh, It just came down to who wanted it the most. The game was fairly even matched up until about the third quarter, and the Roosters just made the plays that needed to be made. Uh, Some statistics here. Uh, My player of the game this game, it has to be Jason Taylor. Um, The Roosters have been so pass-heavy this year, and for him to come out and rush for 196 yards and two TDs, which is something that we haven't seen from the Roosters' offense all year, that was the biggest Probably the biggest impact of the game right there was the rushing offense and the production of Jason Taylor. On the other hand, Brandon Connett does what he always does. He was efficient passing, had 231 yards for three TDs, and the defense did enough to stop the poor Vu offense in the second half of the game. Well, for me, I I like that the Roosters had a real balanced attack on offense and defense. Like you said, statistically, they put up a lot of yards against the Butchers' defense that doesn't give up much, but they did it both through the air and through rushing. They had 240 rushing and 230 passing, so it was pretty split down the middle by what they were doing, so it was really good to see. I won't talk too much about Jason Taylor. I'll go into the pass part. Um, Alexander Wasilev, he exploded in this game. Five receptions, 138 yards, three touchdowns. The finished guy is really doing work, and he's showing that even if you try to stop Timmy Thomas, Bernard Luster, or Miro Cadmery, he's on that field just as much as those guys are. They go almost four receiver sets the entire game, and he's putting in work, and later in the season is showing fruition. He's been doing the routes all year, but he hasn't been getting the looks. But as the season progresses, as him and Connect get on better page, they're connecting now, and it's showing through his stats. So the Roosters, in this game, they started down 14-0. The Butchers came out ahead and looked like the Butchers might do that upset that everyone was afraid of. But the Helsinki Roosters are who we think they are. They are champions. They responded. Down 14-0, they came out put up points on these guys, and never looked back. And they made sure to put the game away when they needed to, and they did what champions do. The Roosters were playing like champions the whole season. Even when they had that one loss, they responded. That's what they do. They respond to adversity very well, and this was just another showing of that for them. With the Butchers, I think that they had too much of a balanced attack. This is a team that needs to run the ball. 
I mean, they had, I want to say, 27 rushing attempts by Ricky Stevens. That's great. But having Daniel Flarley throw 29 passes, that's not good for them because he was he only completed less than half of them, 12 out of the 29. That's not something they want to do. They want to be throwing more around 15, 16 passes a game. And the reason they were passing so much is they got behind, which is crazy since they jumped out 14-0. When they jumped out 14-0, they were doing balance. And the problem with that was eventually the pass didn't gain traction. Eventually, they were having quick stops and giving the ball back to a potent Roosters offense, and that's what put them in a position to give away this game. I don't want to say that the Roosters just like took it from them, but the Butchers, their best offense would have been to keep the Roosters' offense off the field. And they didn't do that. They had to complement their defense and make it easier for their defense, but they didn't do that in this game. And that's really the only reason they lost this game, in my opinion. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, Yeah, but back to the uh, Portville offense. Like you were saying, they got in a position where they had to throw, and when they threw, two interceptions came out of it. I think one of those interceptions was actually in the red zone, if if I'm correct, the second one. And that's something that – it's something what we like to say sticking with the game plan. Uh, once teams get out of their game plan because they're behind, you see mistakes like this happen. Uh, Ricky Stevens has stepped in all year and done his thing. I mean, I think every game he's ran in, he's rushed for over 100 yards. So they're definitely still a run-heavy team. But for them, this is not the last game of the season, and they still have a solid playoff spot. So there's an opportunity to see the Roosters again. All right, we'll take this time to uh, talk to Helsinki Roosters running back Jason Taylor, and he'll tell us a little bit about what he saw in the game and how he played. What's going on, Jason? How you doing? We're going to ask you a couple questions about last week's game. You guys played against the Butchers. Uh, First question I have for you, 196 yards, three touchdowns. What did you guys do so that you could just be so explosive in this game against a very tough defense? (laughs) oh man i mean the fact that you know a lot of people were probably just debating on our waiting on our passing offense and so we just came out and tried to do a little different and run the ball more and you know give me the ball a little bit more than the games before but our you know my offensive line just executed well and you know sometimes you gotta make make people miss and break tackles so i guess i got lucky in that aspect as well Yes, Jay, I wanted to ask you, uh, coming out winning a game like this versus a tough butcher team, in my opinion, who's been uh, one of the top four defenses in the league, uh, what does this win do for you guys going forward? How does this uh, win versus the butcher help the confidence of the team? Yeah, coming out playing against the butchers, man, they defense will rock you, you know, so I guess the best part for us is, you know, shows us and give us more confidence in our offense to being able to run the ball and pass the ball effectively. So, you know, it, playing against the Butchers is no joke. So as long as we come out of the game like that healthy, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the offense is ready to go for the next game. Awesome. One last question. Was there ever a point in the game where you guys doubted that you could pull off the win? Because the Butchers came out, and every time they played you, in my opinion, I think that they played you guys tougher than anyone else besides the Vasa Royals. On that sideline, playing against them, what was the morale of the team? 
Oh, chill. Initially, I tell you, we were definitely like, what is going on here? You know, and offensively, we just weren't moving or at least finishing drives. And that's been one of our bigger problems this second half of the season is finishing drives. So, um, you know, we had to kick ourselves in the butt and figure it out. But the morale was a little low, but, you know, the game had just started. And, you know, it's not over until it's over. Absolutely. And what point in the game did you decide that you were going to take over? <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I do my part. And that's all I will ever say. You know, I don't think I take over. I don't think I shine more than anyone else on the team. I just try to do my part to benefit, help us win, you know. So if it is me getting the ball a lot or me making big plays, you know, in the biggest you know, view of things. It's just me doing my part. Thanks, Jay. Yep, we appreciate the interview, Jason, and uh, good luck to you next week against the Huskies. All right, now we'll talk about the next game that was played on Saturday. The Wassell Royals played against the Hamelina Huskies, and they beat them 27-24. to Now, I'll lead off about this game because, in my opinion, this was probably the best game in the Maple League so far this year. You had two teams that are kind of going in different directions. The Huskies have been playing not to their potential the last couple of weeks, while the Royals have come back after the midsummer break like a team on a mission. Like they look good, they're playing good, and they're winning these close games, and they're doing what they have to do. So overall, the game was great. As a fan, you have to enjoy this. This is what you watch football for, for games like this. Two good teams playing great. You can't say in this game that one team just was playing bad or that, oh, they gave it away. They both played their hearts out, and that's why you end up with this 27-24 to score where big plays were made on both sides of the ball. In my opinion, the Royals looked a lot better with this spread offense. Ever since they've let, they've added a couple of receivers, Justin Sutherland can throw that thing out there. They're just more comfortable. It's a, a better look for them. R.J. Long is more potent. He's actually scoring touchdowns instead of just getting yards now. <laughs> so there's nothing but positives. And even though in this game Tom Suosi wasn't a big factor, before this game he's still getting yards. So you know that he's still there, so the offense is still balanced. And that's what I liked about seeing him in this game. They knew it was going to be a shootout, and they came out guns blazing. Can't You can't, can't do anything but respect that. Another great thing to see was – Nicholas Peterson, back on the squad, fresh yes. out of Sweden, showed up. Uh, Apo Saloranto wasn't there today. Nicholas kind of filled in for him, played a little offense, played a little defense, yes. did some kick and some punt returning. He was everywhere. It's good to see you, Nicholas. Keep it up, man. Uh, a couple of names to throw out there. I already talked about RJ Long. This dude went off in this game, had over 200 yards receiving, two touchdowns. But I want to talk about a little something that uh, someone whispered in my ear about the game was he did great against a, a very good defensive back in Nico Lester. But there was a time when the Huskies decided to put Roman Runner on him and his production went down a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that Roman Runner stopped him or anything, but I do know that there were times where when Roman Runner was guarding him, he wasn't as prevalent in the offense. But all in all, he did do what he had to do. But that's just a, a little smack talk for you guys out there that's listening. <laughs> um, for, on the Huskies' part, I really just think they didn't have enough to finish drives. They went – I'm going to look at the stats now. They went 3 for 11 
on third down, mm. and I want to say they went one for three on fourth down. Mm. So that's 14 opportunities that they did not continue drives. And two or three of those third and fourth downs were right outside the red zone. So there's no, like, red zone stat because they didn't get to the red zone, but they were too far for a field goal. They don't have a field goal kicker in the first place. So those were missed scoring opportunities, and that happened a lot for them in this game. And you you got to figure out how to put it in there, guys, because they were driving. They're getting drives. Those times that they scored were when they had 10 and 12 play drives. So when they finish, they're great. But in this game against a very good defensive team in the Wasser Royals, they could not finish. And that is their downfall. The last thing I'm going to say about this game is Roman Runner for MVP. That boy <laughs> is bad. Yes. He was making awesome catches. He he bobbled the ball. The defender hit the ball. Then he grabbed the ball back and fell on his back and caught the ball. And then he's catching deep balls downfield, as he always does. He goes to guard probably the best and most talented receiver in the league. And on the first play where he switches to him, he gets an interception. And not a regular, oh, well, quarterback underthrew me. He dives, undercuts the pass, and gets that interception. Okay, so I'm just saying, Roman Runner is the MVP. Shout out to you, Roman. Definitely. Uh, One thing that I want to point out about this game, as we talked about the Huskies not having enough, if you look at the key receivers in this game uh, for the Vasa Royals, besides R.J. Long's, Spencer Cutland still had five catches for 91 yards in the TD. So they had almost two receivers at 100 yards. If you look over here with the Hamelina Huskies, I think Roman Runner was, is, and is probably going to be the most productive weapon that Stan Badwell had. And that's exactly what's, what's going on here. In the beginning of the season, it was several names that we had to throw out there for the Hamelina Huskies team. Mm-hmm. It was Nico Lester. It was Roman Runner. It was Penta. Now it's just Roman Runner. Yep, one man show. And because um, another thing, Stan didn't turn the ball over a lot this game, but he didn't throw for 400, 500, 600 yards and 70% like he did at the beginning of the season. And that's because the Huskies as a unit on offense have basically took a – in production went the other way. Regression. We're not getting – everyone on board making the plays it's kind of just become okay if roman's gonna do his thing then it's the roman runner show what they needed the most this game was everybody to play to their best even with justin throwing two interceptions in a game like this two interceptions could have and should have been a loss but because rj long had 210 yards receiving spencer cutlin had another 96 yards and let's not let's not forget chris young is still over there with stacy thomas causing all kind of trouble on that defense yes he is stacy thomas has been a man on a mission since he came back from that suspension people can say whatever they want to say about him but between him stacy and also fa on their defensive line the Vasa Royals defense is showing up in the second half of the season as the best defense in the league. Going forward, it's kind of hard to see anybody having a lot of production versus them. I was honestly surprised that the Huskies had this close of a game seeing how they've struggled in the games before. So for them, something did click. Whatever clicked, they need to keep clicking, but they got to be able to put more points up if they want to beat anybody in the top three or four right now. Um. 
Actually, next we'll talk about the Senio Crocodiles at the Tampa Saints. The Senio Crocodiles lost in this game. Tampa Saints put up 49, beat them 49 to 14. I'll let you talk about it first, Jabari. I have to admit, I was completely shocked by what I saw. Um, of course, we knew that the Sanioki Crocodiles were playing without their starting quarterback. But that Tampa Bay Saints offense and team just clicked. Um, I think Raleigh Yadell played his best game of the season. Uh, he had 209 passing yards. He had five passing TDs, which is something that we've criticized him about all season. And he still had another 76 yards rushing. Sanioki, on the other hand, they came out and was on top this game, even without their starting quarterback. Yeah. They were making plays. But I think that they just didn't have enough. And I feel like the Saints gained confidence as the game progressed. Um, the Saints were well balanced with the run and the pass game, which is something that they haven't been able to do all season. Uh, for these two teams that's just battling it out at the bottom of the of the sea, I guess, it was great to see Tampa Bay come out and actually win the game, but to also be productive. I mean, they're still a young team, but to finally see them have some success, that was a good thing. As far as Sanioki, who's to say what's next? There's no news on the quarterback situation, and right now they just have guys playing everywhere. So I think that, you know, I was surprised about how bad the Sanioki defense performed. Okay. Not saying that the San, the Saints offense wasn't great this game which they were but Sanioki's defense took a few steps back from what they did the weeks before so I'll pass it over to you now yeah I gotta admit I was, I was a little a little upset that the Crocodiles didn't have their actual quarterback in the game and obviously he's still injured but this team is not the same without him and of course their defense gave up 49 points but like I was talking about with the Butchers game, you got to compliment in this game. If your offense can't affect their defense, then obviously your defense is going to be on the field way more often than you want them to be, and you're going to be compromised. The Saints weren't ever down, so they always had the option of run or pass. And obviously when you're going against Riley Yodell with his running abilities, and then you have just Tiny at running back, uh, Yuka Lettinen playing running back as well, you're going to say stop the run first. And what was happening was they were getting one-on-one matchups with those receivers and those Lane brothers. I'm not sure if they're actually brothers, but those two dudes are huge receivers. They are. I like I like to call them the Twin Towers, okay? Both of them had six catches, over 70 yards apiece, two touchdowns. That's not because they're just that good of receivers. No offense to their playing style, but... If you're trying to stop this team, your first thought is stop that running back, stop that quarterback from running the ball. And once you get past that that point in the game, you get into the situation where he throws it up to these big receivers. I mean, they were open because there's a lot of space. Wide open. Yeah, because there's nobody covering because everybody's getting sucked up or trying to spy or contain the quarterback. So you're getting in a situation where you're going to be compromised. The Crocodiles knew they were going to give up points, but offensively, they had to do something better than having Marco Bonacci come in there and just throw the ball. He threw the ball 24 times. That's way too many times yep. for someone who's not a quarterback. Uh, not a quarterback, definitely. Yeah. Now, Bonacci, if you're listening, you got a good throw. Your mechanics are pretty bad, but the ball's coming out nice. I like that. <laughs> I respect that. But he did throw four interceptions. So not only were they not completing passes on offense, they were giving 
Saints more opportunities. Definitely. And that's how you get into this situation. I won't talk too much detail about the two teams because this game was doomed for the Crocodiles from the beginning, and the Saints took advantage of that, and kudos to the Saints for not letting this opportunity slip away. Absolutely, and I think that it was it was great coaching by the Saints. Like they they made the adjustment to turn to the passing game more, seeing that hey, the box is stacked, our receivers are bigger than their DBs, they're wide open passing lanes. What quarterback can't hit a wide open receiver? Yeah. So moving on, we'll actually do an interview with Senior Crocodiles. What wide receiver slash DB slash quarterback Anthony Brooks, and we'll listen to what he had to say about the game this week. Welcome to the show, Anthony Brooks. Thanks. How's it going? Pretty good for us. We just want to ask you a little bit about the game against the Saints. Uh, First question I have for you. It was a tough game. You guys were leading in this game. You guys came out hot and it kind of got away from you. Exactly what changed in this game that you guys couldn't get back on the board offensively? Yeah, I mean, uh, we came out pretty hot. I think we got a little bit lucky. You know, we had those two two deep plays for touchdowns. And, uh, you know, if you look at the stats, they kind of tell the story. Um, you know, we couldn't we didn't run the ball very well. I think our team has a whole rush for, like, maybe one yard total or something. And uh, and offensively, you know, we, we had those two deep plays. And then after that, you know, there wasn't much else that we were doing that was successful. So we were three and out, three and out, three and out, basically. And then, you know, your defense wears out. Once they're on the field for that long, you know, it's just inevitable that the the, the Saints, you know, with the way they, they run around, you know, that you're, they're, they're going to get worn down. And eventually they did, and they just took it to us. What is the goal for the team going forward? We understand you guys are having a bit of a tough season, but there's still some football left. As a playmaker for the team and as a leader for the team, what are some of the things that you guys are saying to the guys to keep them confident and positive about the rest of the season? Um, well, I mean, regardless of our, you know, our position in the standings, you know, I think we uh, we go out you know, with the same intentions every game to try and win every game we play. Um, you know, I said it before the before the kickoff today. You know. We're, just, we're, we're a small group of guys. We've got to be like a family, you know, and uh, just fight together and fight for one another. And uh, hopefully, you know, we have some more success, you know, in our, in our last three games. But, you know, we're just, we're just fighting for each other, um, you know, and hopefully the standings take care of themselves. You know, we don't end up anywhere near the bottom. But uh, uh, we're just fighting for each other and hopefully uh, have the best success we can. Okay. So, Anthony, I have a personal question I want to ask you. Um, what has this season so far in Sanioke taught you as a player? And how do you think your experience is going to make you better after the season? Um, my season in Sanioke, uh, I guess just um, not taking, you know, everything, anything for granted. You know, I guess in the States you kind of uh, overlook uh, a lot of little things. Um, you know, you get given, I guess, given a lot of stuff just um, in terms of coaching and um film study and stuff so you know over here you know i've just i've learned to uh, i guess you know study and uh, work on my craft i guess a little bit more just because i don't have anybody to to get on me about it um so if i don't hold myself to that standard uh then you know no one there won't be anyone to so you I'll, i would i won't i don't want to see my game drop and uh and yeah 
That's awesome, man. It's definitely a very humbling experience when you come to a position where you're not the one that's being taught, but you're the one that has to teach and teach yourself. So I think that you're doing a good job. And I just want to say stay positive and keep doing what you're doing for that team. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate the interview today, Anthony. And enjoy your bye week. I don't know if you guys are going to be practicing hard or resting, but either way, enjoy it. Yeah, thanks. We'll do our best. Welcome to the show, Anthony Brooks. Thanks. How's it going? Pretty good for us. We just want to ask you a little bit about the game against the Saints. Uh, first question I have for you. It was a tough game. You guys were leading in this game. You guys came out hot and it kind of got away from you. Exactly what changed in this game that you guys couldn't get back on the board offensively? Yeah, I mean... Uh, we came out pretty hot. I think we got a little bit lucky. You know, we had those two two deep plays for touchdowns. And, uh, you know, if you look at the stats, they kind of tell the story. Um, you know, we couldn't – we didn't run the ball very well. I think our team has a whole rush for, like, maybe one yard total or something. And uh, and offensively, you know, we, we had those two deep plays. And then after that, you know, there wasn't much else that we were doing that was successful. So we were three and out, three and out, three and out, basically. And – then, you know, your defense wears out. Once they're on the field for that long, you know, it's just inevitable that the the, the Saints, you know, with the way they, they run around, you know, that you're, they're, they're going to get worn down. And eventually they did, and they just took it to us. What is the goal for the team going forward? We understand you guys are having a bit of a tough season, but there's still some football left. As a playmaker for the team and as a leader for the team, what are some of the things that you guys are saying to the guys to keep them confident and positive about the rest of the season? Um, well, I mean, regardless of our, you know, our position in the standings, you know, I think we uh, we go out you know, with the same intentions every game to try and win every game we play. Um, you know, I said it before the before the kickoff today. You know. We're, just, we're, we're a small group of guys. We've got to be like a family, you know, and uh, just fight together and fight for one another. And uh, hopefully, you know, we have some more success, you know, in our last three games. But, you know, we're just, we're just fighting for each other, um, you know, and hopefully the standings take care of themselves. You know, we don't end up anywhere near the bottom. But uh, uh, we're just fighting for each other and hopefully uh, have the best success we can. Okay. So, Anthony, I have a personal question I want to ask you. Um, what has this season so far in Santioke taught you as a player? And how do you think your experience is going to make you better after the season? Um, my season in Santioke, uh, I guess just um, not taking, you know, everything, anything for granted. You know, I guess in the States you kind of uh, overlook uh, a lot of little things. Um, you know, you get given, I guess, given a lot of stuff just um, in terms of coaching and um film study and stuff so you know over here you know i've just i've learned to uh, i guess you know study and uh, work on my craft i guess a little bit more just because i don't have anybody to to get on me about it um so if i don't hold myself to that standard uh then you know no one there won't be anyone to so you, I'll, i would i won't i don't want to see my game drop and uh and yeah that's awesome, man. It's definitely a very humbling experience when you come to a position where you're not the one that's being taught, but you're the one that has to teach and teach yourself. So I think that you're doing a good job. And I just want to say stay positive and keep doing what you're doing for that team. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, we appreciate the interview today, Anthony, and enjoy your bye week. I don't know if you guys are going to be practicing hard or resting, but either way, enjoy it. Yeah, thanks. We'll do our best. Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with Porvo Butchers at Wassel Royals, then Tampa Saints at Turku Trojans on Saturday, and it'll end up with the Humbling Huskies at the Helsinki Roosters on Monday night. We'll now take this time to pick our winners for this week's matchups. We'll each have a chance to pick who we think will win. We'll give a short explanation of why we think they'll win, and we'll come back and finish with like a score prediction, and we'll post our picks online in case anyone forgets who we picked. Our silent co-host Robert Johnson will also be making picks, and I'll be relaying them here on, on the show. Also, we'll let our previously interviewed players pick games. So we'll start with the Thursday game first. The Porvo Butchers are going to be at the Wassel Royals. The last time these two teams played, the Wassel Royals won 19 to 14. Who you got, Jabari? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Porvo Butchers. I really believe that they have an opportunity to go out and redeem themselves. They played a pretty good game versus the Roosters, and I think that they're going to put the pieces together and they may be able to get a win this game. All right. I'm actually going to go with the Butchers as well. I think that the last time these two teams played that the Royals actually got away with a game because at the end of that game, the Butchers would have won had they not had an injury to their quarterback and had to change their entire strategy late in the game. And I honestly believe right now, as good as the Royals are playing, I still think the Butchers are a much more consistent team. I think the the Roosters game was probably the, the most inconsistent I've seen them play all year. But I don't think that would be the case against the Royals team, which is as good as they're playing. You still have Justin Sutherland throwing picks, which means you have a chance. And I, the Butchers are a team that you don't want to give a chance to. Sorry, I did too much talking on that one. <laughs> but uh, uh, Rojo picked to go with the Royals this week. And then um, Anthony Brooks will actually let him make his pick right now. Oh, this is a tough one. Um I thought the Butchers might have stolen one against the Roosters last week. Um, you know, I like I like the way they play. Um, that one of their receiver, um, can't remember his name, but number seven. You know, he's he's emerging as a as a guy. And uh, I don't know. I kind of like the the Butchers to you know sneak up on on Vasa here. You know, I didn't think they looked exceptionally well against. Um, in their last game, so I think the Butchers might squeak one out here. So now we'll do score predictions. What's your score prediction, Jabari? I still think this is going to be a close one. Uh, I think it's going to probably come down to a 21-14 ball game. All right. I got the Butchers winning it 37-34. I think it's going to be real close. And then Anthony Brooks has his prediction as well. Then we'll add that one there. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say... 31-27. Next game we'll talk about is the Tampa Saints at the Turku Trojans. Last time these two teams met, the Tampa Saints won 35-21. Who you got, Jabari? I got to go with the Saints. I think after the last game, the confidence is up, and I think they're going to probably come out and get this win. All right, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Saints are going to win this game. I really think that they're a lot better than the Turku Trojans, and I think they have more reason to win. They're trying to finish the season on a strong note. The Trojans need to get a win, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough to win this week. Uh, Rojo also picked the Tampa Saints, and then we'll let um, Jason Taylor pick who you think is going to win this game. Oh, um, I'm going. To, I'm going to easily go ahead and go with the Saints. Turku's been having a rough one. Saints are coming off of a big win. 
I think they're going to go in there with a head full of steam. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints in this one. And now we'll pick predictions for the score for the game. What do you got, Jabari? I don't even think this one's going to be close. I think that the Saints are probably going to march off with this one 28-0. I just This Trojans offense have had a hard time putting up points, and I just don't think that right now in this funk they're going to do it this week. All right. I think I got the Saints winning this one 42-28. I think they'll just overpower them, and at the end of the game, I think they'll keep scoring. I think it'll get away from the Trojans in the second half. And then we'll let Jason Taylor tell us what he thinks about the score. Ooh, that's a, let's see. I think it's going to be a, if anything, I'll say it's going to be a pretty well-fought battle. But I think I'll say 31-24. Last game of the weekend will be Hamelina Huskies at the Helsinki Roosters. Last time these two teams played, Helsinki Roosters dominated 35-8. to So before we even go into it, we'll let guest uh, interview player today, Zach Bartlow from the Turku Trojans, he'll tell us a little bit about what he thinks about the game. Uh, I'll go with the upset pick. I'll pick Hamelina Huskies over the, over the Roosters. They're playing well right now. We just played them last week. Uh, they got two explosive receivers that really stand out. I think they're going to make some plays, um, shut down the Roosters' deep, uh, offense, and pull out a close one. We'll go 35-32. Wow, man. Bold come down to the wires. Man. Hey, y'all heard it here first. Zach Bartlow putting the Helsinki Roosters on notice. Gosh. <laughs> He's going to be the most hated man in Helsinki. Right? (laughs) And then now, Jabari, what do you think about this game? Uh, I definitely got the Helsinki Roosters winning this game. Um, I think that the Roosters are still a much better team than the Hamelina Huskies. I think it's going to be a very competitive game, but I got the Roosters winning this one. All right. I think I'm going to go with the Roosters as well. Um, Like I said earlier, the Huskies, they're on the downtrend as a team, especially offensively. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. And the Roosters are not getting worse. The Roosters are finding themselves. They're finding ways to win, and they will find a way to win this game. But I definitely think they're going to win this one. Rojo also picked the Roosters. So now we'll go into scores. Uh, Bartlow already told us his score, but Jabari, what do you think? I got the Roosters winning this one 35-10. I can see a field goal in there somewhere. All right, I'm picking the Roosters win this one 42-17. I think late in the game they'll put in their subs and the – and the Huskies will get a score late in the game. Okay, so that's the picks for the week. Let's go. Let's review the picks. Uh, Thursday game is Porvo Butchers at Wasser Royals. I want to say me and Jabari both picked the Butchers. Rojo picked the Royals. And Anthony Brooks picked the Butchers. So we're split on that first game. Second game, Tampa Saints at Turku Trojans. We all went Saints on this game, so that's a clean sweep. And then the last game, Hamelina Huskies at Helsinki Roosters. Everyone chose the Helsinki Roosters except for Zach Barlow, who called the upset and thinks that the Huskies are going to win that game 35-32. So right now, after a couple of weeks of picking games, Rojo has done the best. He's 8-1, so he does know a little (laughs) something-something. Perfect. I'm second. I'm 7-2. Overall, our guest hosts are 7-2. And Jabari is dead last <laughs> at six and three for picking the the Senioki Sa- uh, crocodiles one Y'all week let for me upset. Down, man. <laughs> Girl, my body don't lie.
40s and new 30 and baby you a rockstar Dale veterana que tu sabes más de la cuenta, no te haga Teach me baby, I'm better yes, freak me baby, yes yes I'm freaky baby, I'ma make sure that your peach feels peachy baby No bullshit bros, I like my women sexy, classy, sassy Powerful yes, they love to get a little nasty Ow. This ain't a game you'll see, you can put the blame on me Dale muñequita, ahora ahí Before we get out of here, we want to let these players get a chance to give a few shout outs and some love to their supporters. So we'll we'll let these players do a couple of shout outs, tell people what they want to hear. All right. I got to first of all, shout out my my buddies back at home at my college, Eastern Oregon University Mountaineers. Um, shout out the whole Tuku Trojans team, uh, especially the import crew that I hang out with all day. Uh, they've been great for me and, uh, you know, friends and family back home. That's about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um. I don't know. Just shout out to all my uh, all my friends and family back home. Uh, I know they've been watching and uh, keeping up, keeping track of everything. So uh, shout out to them and hopefully keep doing all y'all proud. Uh, you know, shout out to the to my Rooster Squad. You know, hopefully we end this season on top as we plan. Um, and you know, basically big ups to everybody out here playing this game. 
you know, fighting each week to be the best that they can be. That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purvis with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks. It was great to be back on the show. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app. And Android listeners can follow us on the Podbean app on Google Play. We'll see you next week.